Well, you have nothing else to do. So why don't you sit here and listen to the somewhat official podcast of the Memphis Express with Daniel and Michelle. The unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Expressing Goal. What up, Flight Crew? This is your captain speaking. My name is Michelle, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Daniel. Daniel, I have a question for you. What question is that, Michelle? Um, Is your manager available? Uh, Why? I was served an awesome mutton and bacon cheeseburger this week, and I want to give my compliments to the chef. I'm so excited. I had a dry, salty Hackenburger the past two times I came here. I was thrilled with my mutton and bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> wow. can we tell how i feel about that let's get into it i'm so excited yes we still lost yes we're 0 and 3 but there's a lot of exciting stuff happening where do you want to start you want to start with news you want to start with the express game what do you what do you want to do let's start with the news let's let's save uh, the express for the main event the main dish if you will (laughs) okay let's let's do it Okay, so the first thing is we need to call out the San Diego fleet once again. Call them out in a good way or a bad way? Not in a great way. Like the the team itself? Yes, but it's kind of a mixed bag. Okay, so as we know, there once upon a time was a podcast called The Fleet Speak. Is there not anymore? No. They changed it to the audio blog formerly known as Fleet Speak. (laughs) Tafkas. Okay. Tafkas? Okay. Tafkas. Okay. And then that was only for a few episodes and then they went away. They have another podcast called The Broken Plane, which uh, covers like the NFL. So be sure to check that out. So they decided to kind of focus more on that and less on the AAF. But you, needless to say that they were not happy with the fleet. Yeah, that's kind of crappy that they just like stopped doing it because they just felt ran over. Yeah, that's crappy. So this past game, they had like honorary team captains. The fleet did? Yeah. Okay. But the first one they announced, and maybe it was going to be the only one until the outrage happened, but... <laughs> It was a former player for the Chargers, as well as like he currently works for the L.A. Chargers. Like, why? Why would you do that? Because obviously there's a lot of animosity in San Diego for the Chargers. In week one, there was a notable chant of F. Spanos throughout the stadium. So a big kind of there. It seems kind of tone deaf that they're not aware of the fans. However, I will say this. The boys at the yard reached out to. Jeff Garner, the team president, mm-hmm. and I could explain what's going on, like explain like why this is such a big deal. And they essentially kind of like downplayed that guy's role and outplayed like they I, I don't know if they were playing this the entire time or if this was just a response, but they brought in like other players or like other people to be like team captains as well. Like for the rest of the season? For that game. Oh, okay. So there's more than one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and this guy just kinda like ran out, placed the ball, and that was it. They really kind of toned down his participation. And after the initial backlash, Jeff Garner was on Twitter, like talking to people, engaging, explaining what's going on, hearing them out, getting their feedback. So it was good to see that like they were taking into account people's feelings on it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. I mean, seems like they recognize that that was a misstep. So hopefully that was them kind of course correcting. Yeah. Which we'll see, like we've said before. Yep. That makes me feel better about like Koshay. Hopefully that won't happen because he spent some time in Memphis. He... He went to school here. Yeah, he played for U of M. So hopefully he understands the city well enough that we can avoid a mistake like that. Yeah. Also, just a big uh, programming update. The game was originally slated to start at 7 p.m. this Saturday. So glad it's not. It's now 3 p.m. We've seen the weather fluctuate over like the past 48 hours, 72 hours or so. Like originally it was going to be like 30 degrees at 7 p.m. 
now it's at 3 p.m. obviously so then it was like 40 degrees now it's but it was still like 50 percent chance of rain right but now it's not supposed to rain wait what is it now now it's like a one percent chance of rain and 50 degrees well i guess this is yesterday afternoon i was was about to say that was yesterday so let's we're gonna check right now to see what the weather is gonna be like weather forecast for saturday show me what you show me what you got google and it is currently thursday the 28th around noon all right so on Saturday at game time, 3 p.m., 52 degrees, cloudy, no rain forecasted. Okay. Until late that night. Perfect. So hopefully that holds up, which means it's going to be a great day for football. Yeah. I mean, wear a hoodie, but otherwise mm-hmm. you should be fine. Hey, I got a great hoodie on right now. Yeah. So we should probably bring that up. We had a giveaway. Yeah. And there were several people that chose to get the hoodie. And we got them in and they look not awful. Yeah, but not great. Yeah, the quality is definitely not what we want. We we need to do some changing up of the logo, I think, uh, of the design, maybe a little bit to to get it where we want it to be. Yeah, I've reached out to the printer to try to like, get this corrected. I haven't heard back yet, so I'm going to call them like as soon as we're done recording to get this fixed. But if you did order like a shirt and it doesn't look right, let me know so we can get that fixed. Um, next uh, next little tidbit. Johnny Football may be coming to the AAF. No, 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 no. Not interested. No, 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 no. I don't want this. Hey, Dan. Hey. Do, do you think I want this? I'm, uh, I don't want a, this. You seem a bit ambiguous. But yeah. So the reason is that he is been barred from the CFL for violating his agreement. I guess he worked out a deal like with the commissioner with a special permission to be able to play in the CFL. And allegedly, he violated the terms. So now, like, they're done with them. I'm curious. Do you know what the terms were that he violated? They're not talking about it. I don't think that we'll get anything official. I mean, there's some speculation. Well, obviously, we do know his history of being a party guy and drugs and alcohol. And maybe that has something to do with it. There are some people that are speculating he wants to play in the AAF because it's NFL-style football. And if he wants to get back to the NFL, that's where he needs to be. So he intentionally violated the terms so he would get kicked out. So he could come play for the AAF. Oh. I don't know what's true or not. The AAF is looking into it to see why he's been barred to see if they're interested or not. But if they are, his first rights would go to San Antonio because he played at Texas A&M. Yeah. And as we saw last week. But wait, wouldn't it be to whoever has the Browns? No, because NFL and CFL only is accounted if their college was unallocated. Oh, OK, 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 OK. His college was allocated to San Antonio. So they get first rights. Gotcha. If they pass on him, then he becomes a free agent. Okay, but here's my thing. I feel like him and Tebow are in the same boat. Like Their time is up. They had their 15 minutes. I, I mean, he was the one that got himself out. Like, maybe he didn't have enough time to really develop as a player, as a quarterback. Sure. Like, he didn't have, you know, what, one season? Two, maybe? I think one. Yeah, so he didn't have time, but... His personal life got in the way. And it seems like that hasn't changed. I mean, I'm not watching like Manzel's Instagram stories every day. I don't know his life intimately. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. As an outside fan, I just don't think that he's he should get another shot. I wouldn't put him in the same boat as Tebow because like Tebow wasn't getting a fair shot, really. There's like too much uh, publicity around him. You know, for whatever reason. Okay. Manzel and the difference comes down to their off field issues. Tebow never had any controversy from I remember it's just his religion that. Yeah, but the whole thing with him was, wasn't he going to like make a better running back? 
but he was just bound and determined to be quarterback. I think that was part of it. Was it running back or writers? Anyway, he was going to be better as, in another position. But it seemed like to me he was on an ego trip. Oh, I don't know. Wanted to be quarterback. Maybe. Anyway. The same could be said about a number of quarterbacks. Well, yeah. They got that quarterback face, quarterback ego. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, the point is that Menzel didn't have a shot because of his party habits and just his antics. Yeah. Not so much like his ability or whatever. Right. So I um, maybe if he's got that under under control, maybe, but still like I'm I'm glad he's not allocated here. If he if the commanders choose to pick him up, if if that whole thing works out that way, I'm interested to watch him play and possibly develop. But I'm yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's the news on that. Putting a bow on it, moving on. So last week we talked about how the AAF is getting sued. Do we talk about it? I I remember we had this conversation. This is part of the problem. We were standing in the kitchen when we had this conversation. I don't know if it ever made it to Mike. In case we didn't talk about it. On the on the podcast. Yeah. The AAF is being sued by, I can't remember the guy's name. It doesn't really matter. But essentially, he's saying that he had a handshake deal with Charlie Ebersol on the alliance. Okay. And that it was part of his idea. They planned it. And then Charlie went off and partnered up with Bill Polian. And they made the alliance without him. And you know, a handshake deal ha- holds as much water as a freaking colander. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to be an issue if you watch the social network that, you know, it's going to be a whole litigation or I guess mediation. Mm-hmm. But whether or not there's any validity to it remains to be seen. So I'm not expecting this to go anywhere, really. But it's out there. It's happening. I wonder how the timeline of this lawsuit compares with the influx of cash the AAF got. Like, was it after they got the $250 million? He was like, oh, I'm definitely suing now. Pretty much. Oh, God. It was like a couple days later, maybe a week. Ah. But it was like one week, the whole news was this quote unquote bailout. And then the next week, it was the AAFs getting sued. Yeah. Didn't something else happen with Darren Roble? I mean, both of these were him. Oh. He's breaking both news. Can he go away? I wish. Like, go away. We don't want you. You're not helpful. You're not doing anything. What is his motivation for trying to tear down the AAF? Seriously, like, what is it? He's got to have some sort of someone pissed him off or he doesn't like some. Like, what is his problem? The speculation is that he is a Vince McMahon fanboy because there was like an interview where like people could call in and talk to Vince and he was the first caller. (laughs) And Vince McMahon called him Dan, not Darren. Nice. God, just like, okay, fine. You're you're a fan of Vince McMahon. Be all in for the XFL. Like, why? Hey, you don't have to tear down the AAF. They can live peacefully together, kind of, sort of. Anyway, the the recent development is that there was like a slideshow that was part of the lawsuit. Okay. And it outlines the original cities where they wanted to look into. Okay. One of them was like uh, Canton, Ohio, I think. All right. But it also lists like their expansion plans. Ooh. What? 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 Wow. So okay. that's going to be on next week's episode. No, no, now, no, no, moving no, no, on. No, 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 no. Come back. Take it on back now. <laughs> expansion plans. Hit me up. What, what you got? So essentially, the plan is to expand two teams a year up to 12. Okay. So, so next year will be 10. The following year will be 12. Right. So, okay, okay, okay. Did they say anything about where? Yes. Oh. There's a list of cities. Um, I'll put it all in the show notes. Okay. But I don't remember what they are. Okay. I think Albuquerque, New Mexico is one. I'm not sure. Weird, but, but okay. They don't have football, so why not? Yeah. Maybe they want it. And it's in the South, so temperatures won't be an issue. 
Well, the heat would. Yeah. I feel like that's less of an issue than 20 degrees and raining. Yeah. <laughs> you are right about that. Canton, Ohio makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but the the Freedom Football League just got a team there. The Ohio players, I think. Okay, so this is off topic, but whatever happened to that league and the other one? The APL? Yeah, are those still in progress? I haven't heard much. I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, maybe we should do an update and, and, and come back with that next week because I'm, I'm curious to know. I'll look into it. Okay. Any questions on the news? Any updates? Anything you got, Michelle? I think I'm good. Are we still putting a bow on things or do we come up with something new? We haven't come up with something new, but I don't like put a bow on it. So we're, we are done. We're putting the tray table up. No, I don't like that either. We're we never like I never liked that. <laughs> and you keep saying it. And I hate it. <laughs> like we can't like land this one because we're still in flight. Wheels up. No, that's brand the wheels would have been up. And they're the sponsor of every sky Everything. cam. <laughs> I'm so tired of seeing that ad. All right. We're swiftly moving on to the next leg of the flight. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, and I keep forgetting to mention this, but we were picked up by Full Press Coverage. Okay. Which is an online radio station. It's like 24-hour sports streaming. Okay. Was that the live show that we were on? Yes. Okay. Recently, we did a live show with the Shipyard. And that's yeah, that was broadcast through Full Press. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you want to listen to us there, you can go to fullpresscoverage.com slash AAF. And I'm not sure exactly when our streaming time is, but just go there. You'll find it. Plus, you'll find a bunch of other shows that you might be interested in. Sweet. And we were also picked up by the Alternative Football News Network. Look at us go. Yeah, which is AFNN.net. What is it? AFNN.net. Okay. Alternative Football News Network. Okay. .net. And I'm pretty sure we broadcast Wednesday nights there. Ooh. Yeah. So, and also, you just go there. You can check it out and find out when exactly we're broadcasting and i was actually on this most recent episode i think it was last week we did a live show with them as well i did a lot of places that you can listen to us also on youtube and we're on all the podcast platforms yeah all right the next thing i want to talk about is do we need a nickname for reese horn now i bring this up because he's probably our top receiver and on a recent episode of The Met Show, he was interviewed by Zach Mettenberger. Uh, Met and Bacon Cheeseburger, excuse you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And when asked what his favorite animal was, Reese Horn replied, a lion, because it's Maine and it's just a powerful beast. And since Reese Horn is a beast on the field, I was thinking maybe we can call him the lion. No, yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording. And I don't think that that quite works because like it has nothing to do with his last name. Yeah. So like there, there's no connection other than the fact like it's his favorite animal. Like if maybe like after he did a cool play, he like looked like a lion, like mm. maybe that could work. But it's it's too weak. So we got to come up with something with his name. I mean, horn. so what if, OK, Reese, we know you're listening. So what if he did a lion pose after a big play? I would love it. Got on his hands and knees and then like yes! roared. Oh and <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm like swiping my paw. That's it. He swiped his paw and roared. And then got him, got back in the huddle. And then like cleaned his mane or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then then lay down and took a three hour nap. Perfect. In the, in the <laughs> Hunted a gazelle, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could also do something with his first name, Reese. Reese's pieces. Reese's. Call him the peanut butter cup. No, that. Because he's silky smooth. Nah. <laughs> I mean, horn like. I'm glad that you rejected that yourself. I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> Like horn, like you go rhino, but he's not like a like he doesn't 
bowl people over. Right. What else has horns? Cows have horns. Like uh, bulls. Long longhorns. Steers. Reese Longhorn. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the football thing doesn't work out and it gets into uh, career and adult filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> we have gotten off track. Where are we going? Anyway, if you've got ideas, let us know <laughs> what his nickname could be. Something not as dirty as what we yeah. accidentally came up with. <laughs> and we're supposed to be a family-friendly show now. We didn't say anything. That is true. And we're talking about somebody else giving them a nickname. Beatty. Beatty. Beatty the badass. That works. Yeah. Because that's what I said when we were watching the game. Yeah, he came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, he was just signed a few days before the game. And he killed it. There is one drive in particular where he was, I mean, he forced himself to get the first down. I, I mean. <clears throat> it was the first drive after the half. Is that what it was? Yeah. And they got the first down because he was just determined. He got like two or three. It was insane. Yeah. And he's not a he's not a big guy. Like, he's pretty small. But, like, they could not bring him down. Right. So, with him and Zach Stacey both, I think, are... We, we got to. Yeah. Those two. And then just like bringing in Terrence McGee for a change of pace. And that's like the bulldozer. Like I'm feeling pretty good about a running back core. And. uh Oh. <laughs> what? So the shipyard on the episode that just came out had both Koshe Irby, the Memphis team president, and Jeff Garner, the San Diego team president on their show. Ah. I haven't listened to it yet, but. I'm excited too. Yeah, it's got to be good. So mm -hmm. we'll have to check that out. I'll, I'll definitely have that on later today. Yep. So anyway, that's the updates on the team and us and everything else. And that's the shipyards one, two because we talked about them during the news section. So they get they get a bonus one today. Ooh, I know. Moving up in the world. Now, before we get into the game recaps, I want to give a shout out to our producers this week. Let's do it. Our executive producer this week is Matt Sheckles. All right. Our producers are Dakota Muller, Rodrigo Villagomez, Brian Winsloff, Van Awesome, Andrew Martin, Jeffrey Cox, K.O. Farley, and Zachary Garten. If you would like to become a producer, make sure you go to memphisaaf.com forward slash Patreon. That's where you'll get all the information on how to sign up, how to help out with this awesome show, and how to be a producer. Yep. And we're going to have a bonus episode this week, finally, The Layover with... David and Isaac, as we recap the past couple of weeks and look into the game against the fleet, which is going to be a really good game. That bonus content is only available to patrons. So if you want to check that out, make sure you sign up to patron today. Boom. But one of our producers, Dakota, didn't he call in with a voicemail? He did. You want to listen to it? Let's do it. Uh, hey, y'all. This is this is Dakota again. I'm calling after that uh, game this, you know, this Saturday. What is it? The 23rd? Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch too much of it because I had family in town, but I did get to catch glimpses of it. Uh, I will say it's it's more promising. Um, uh, we are currently 0-3, and, and much like y'all said in the last podcast, this is when the fans are needed the most. Um, and, of course, fans are needed uh, to help a team financially, you know, in ticket sales and stuff like that if you're not able to do so. Get on social media and wreck your team. I do it on a few uh, NFL Facebook pages and, and a lot of uh, folks on Twitter. I'm defending uh, the Alliance of American Football. But, um, no, I have a theory about uh, that. what y'all brought up regarding coaches and how they will be hired and fired. You know, everybody says the NFL is 
a business. Like the AAF is literally a business. I mean, it's it's a company. Uh, so with that in mind, I don't think we're going to see mid-season firings, especially since the season's so short. Uh, my theory is they might turn over the uh, lower, I guess, the the worst uh, records. Uh, for example, if Coach Singletary doesn't win a single game this year, he might get turned over by the company, and they might give another maybe upstart coach, um, up-and-coming coach a chance. But uh, anyway, I'm not going to belabor too long. I've already talked too long. So, y'all, uh, I'm all aboard. I'm trying to find some creative way to end my calls, but I uh, guess I'll just end it here. Bye. <laughs> wow, that was an awesome call. I definitely agree with what he said that there's some promising stuff happening again just like you said we are zero and three there's promising stuff but we'll get into that when we do our game recap and yeah absolutely about supporting the team so there's a lot of ways this weekend that you can go to the game if you can't afford it students get in free with the valid student id is that just this weekend or is that all the games i think it's this weekend but i'm not 100 percent sure okay and this weekend is also like veterans like the honoring veterans this weekend so if you are a veteran or active military Veteran. Veterans. Veteran. Veterans. No. Veterans. That's how I say it. You say veteran and I say veteran. Veterans. Now it's one of the words. It's like we say it too much. Mm -hmm. It sounds weird no matter how you say it. (laughs) Anyway. If you have formerly been a member of the armed services. There we go. Awesome. (laughs) Former or current military personnel can get four tickets for free. Hell yeah. Yep. Because it's Hometown Heroes this week, right? Yeah. So that's also the same game with the flag football game between police and fire? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Hell yeah. And then the second point you made about hiring and firing, I think that's actually a pretty smart move. What? Which one? Like the the underperforming coaches get turned over? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely I don't see midseason firing just because to bring in a new coach, you'd have to like install a new offense and defense and possibly bringing their own coaches and be just too much turmoil for especially such a short season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, teams are having a hard time with cohesiveness already. Mm -hmm. I mean, let alone throwing a brand new coach. Like, yeah, I just don't think that is realistic. Yeah. So very interesting theory. Uh, I support it. Yeah, I definitely do too. We talked about it last week about how I feel about it all. So yeah, if you want to hear more on my feelings about coaching, go check out last week's episode. Yeah. And now shall we get on to the game recaps? Yes. Okay, so let's start it off with Salt Lake and Arizona. Michelle, what do you think of that game? Uh, thrilling. All righty. Great scoring. So I will say... <laughs> if it wasn't clear, I didn't watch that game. <laughs> um, the stadium was disappointing because they weren't able to change the turf. This was the Salt Lake game? Yeah. Right, because the stadium's like red, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, we were talking about this way before the season started. Yeah, and when they built the stadium, they weren't expecting to like have other teams play there. So apparently the entire turf is just one piece. And the fibers, like the grass, is like obviously not real grass. Right. But they're individually colored. It's not painted on. Oh my gosh. So like with Memphis, they can paint over the field whatever yeah. they need to. Yeah. They can't do that because the grass itself is red. Oh my gosh. And it's all one piece. So they can't like cut out, you know, replace pieces of it. They have to replace the entire turf. So that wasn't really an option for this year. <laughs> yeah, no, no, whatever. So apparently the team is looking into next year 
to be sure to be able to actually brand it with a stallion because like it just does not go well and it looked really bad. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I will say that is good about our colors because you guys, if you've listened to us from the beginning, you'll know how I feel about the team name and the team colors, but it it does at least fit our stadium. Yeah. The Tigers, Memphis Tigers from University of Memphis are blue. So it goes, I mean, the blues are slightly different, but it goes enough. Yeah. And, you know, we're able to paint the field, so that's not an issue. But the seats that they put in are blue. And just, like, the whole stadium is blue. Yeah. Everywhere. So, yeah. Smart move on the team in that respect. And so, getting to the production value, it was... And I've noticed this quite a bit, that the cameras are trying to avoid the crowds. Because they don't want to, like, highlight just how empty the stadiums are. Really? It's what it seems like. Okay. Either that or they don't really know the best camera angles. We saw this a lot with the NFL Network. They're one of the worst. CBS is good. Bleacher Report and like NFL Network are bad as far as like what cameras to show the play. Yeah, it makes sense when you say it that way because Charlie Ebersol is in TV, right? His dad yeah. is a huge TV executive. Right. So, yeah, and I don't know how much control he has over that. But if it is like they're trying to avoid showing the empty stadium, it really makes for like the bad camera angles. Oh my gosh, talking about bad camera angles. Can we, do you want to get into this now? Uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> so I was out of town this weekend. Yeah, I know I wasn't there for the watch party, but I was at my family's house on Saturday night. I pulled up the game on my phone on the app because I wanted to watch it while we were just hanging out. I could not watch it. One, there was no sound. Two, I couldn't see, like they didn't have any scoring information. I had no idea the time clock or what quarter, or the, like I had no idea that the, that whole bar of information gone. And the camera was right behind Hackenberg at the time. And it was following the ball. So I couldn't see any, like I couldn't see the field. It was behind the quarterback. And it, it just, it was so frustrating. I just turned it off. And that's one frustrating thing is like the app was hailed as like this huge, amazing thing. And it's been a huge disappointment, mainly in the streaming, just because of how unusable it is i know some people enjoy not having the commentators but and that's fine but not having like the scoreboard and the time and the down and distance and a bad like such a bad camera angle it was awful yeah the website on saturday was a lot better because they had the sky cam that they've been showing Uh all 22 so you can see mostly they didn't do a good job on memphis but i think the other game was pretty good of showing the entire field or vice versa but the broadcast was available so you can actually hear the announcers through the streaming on the website. Gotcha. Then Sunday, it was just the sky cam and all 22, which didn't have the information or broadcasting. That's so irritating. Yeah. Like, I guess I don't know if it's difficult or not, but it seems like it shouldn't be. And that's really pertinent information when you want to watch a football game. Yeah. However, I will say that there are plenty of other options that may not be official, quote unquote. But if you go to Reddit, dot com slash r slash nfl streams they're streaming all the games and you can always find streams on youtube yeah whenever i couldn't watch it on the app on saturday i went to youtube and watched it there and i don't want to i want to support the app and the the league and everything but if you're not going to give me a quality stream i'm going to go somewhere that has it yep but i will say it was a good game it was a really close game was it a lot of people were down including me on the stallions yeah you know it wasn't a good showing especially the first week. And they were going up against the Hot Shots, which had an amazing week one. Yeah. We kind of brought them down week two, but they still won. Going into Salt Lake, thinking Salt Lake was a weaker team, and Salt Lake pulls out a win. And it was a really close game at the end. What was the final score? 
It was 23.15. Good for them. Yeah. We still have not watched any Stallions. I, I have, well, I don't know about you, but I haven't watched any Stallions games. It's just hard. I watched that one. It's hard to watch the four games, which is what, 10 hours? Yeah. And then we usually watch the Memphis game twice. So that's 12 and a half hours a week of football between Sunday and then the day we record this episode. It is really hard to cram that much football in our day. All right. So what, what game was next? All right. So we're going to cover the Atlanta and Birmingham game. Okay. I think I can pretty much guess how this one went. You would think. Uh oh. So this was Atlanta's first home game. I think they had like 11,000 in attendance. Okay. Top of my head. Not bad. Completely scoreless first quarter. Okay. And then second quarter, it was down to nine to six with okay. Birmingham in the lead. Okay. And then third quarter, it really kind of got in control with Birmingham scoring 11. It ended up 12 to 28, Birmingham. Okay. But for the first half, Nine to six. All right. Which says a lot more about Birmingham than it does the Legends. You think? I think so. But but at the end of it, they still came out on top like pretty dominantly so. So I don't know if it really says that much. Well, to me, it just confirms what I've been saying is that they're not a good offensive team. They just play a full game and they fight to the very end. Yeah. Whereas like Atlanta, we knew what they were going in. They didn't shock us. That's exactly what we expected. Shaka Khan. Oh my god! <laughs> but once again, if this is we're going into week four, so through three weeks of football, the Irons still haven't scored a passing touchdown. Oh wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, Trent Richardson has scored. He scored three touchdowns that game, none through the air. And a lot of people are talking about how like they're the best team in the league. I don't see that yet. If anything, the Apollos are the best team in the league. Yeah, but we kind of humbled them too, right? With our defense. So I think. They're playing the Commanders this week, and I think next week they're going up against the Apollos. So once they start playing good teams, then we'll really see. But so far, it's been us week one, the Stallions week two, which still hadn't started clicking, and then Legends, which have been you know struggling all year. Yeah, and I know you're trying to say that like they still have made a passing touchdown, but they're three and zero, so they're doing a lot of stuff right. Yeah, so like they're winning, but to me, like the quality of your team is more than your record, and uh, I don't think they're as good as their record. But at the end of the day, it's about winning games, and they're winning games. Okay. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. And just to add to Atlanta's struggles, their offensive coordinator quit two days before the game. What? Yeah. <laughs> As if they didn't have enough issues. Yeah, so their head coach quit a couple weeks before the season. Their offensive coordinator resigned during training camp, but then that came out to be false, but then he resigned again before. Like right before the season started. This was Michael Vick. Yeah. And then the new offensive coordinator resigned a couple days before week three. What is so insufferable about Atlanta? Who's the head coach? Like what's happening there? The head coach really isn't anybody. Not a big name. I think it was just like they're struggling to find somebody. So they found a coach. But I'm not sure that he's, you know, got the credentials, especially not like Steve Spurrier or Mike Singletary kind of notoriety. What about the GM? I'm not sure. There's got to be something there. Like, there's something happening. Yeah. Which makes me think that Atlanta isn't going to stay around, at least not in Atlanta. I mean, it's going to be hard to move a team, but they're failing there. It seems like, I mean, they had an an attendance of 11,000, which is similar to what we had for our first home game, Mm -hmm. right? So that's not a big deal. But they're losing, and they're having a ton of problems with coaching. And the fact that, like, they're not making the necessary changes to start winning. Namely, at quarterback, Matt Sims, who has been struggling 
all three weeks. This game, he started off pretty strong. He looked good, but then crumbled in the end. And they're still not going to Aaron Murray, who is their one of their biggest names. And like, as far as like fandoms, like he's probably the biggest draw for fans. But yeah, he's warming the bench while Matt Sims struggles. Yeah, I mean, we know that feeling up until this week. Well, luckily yeah. we saw a change, but we'll get into that in a minute. But I can understand why that would be frustrating. And as a fan, like if I wasn't already a season ticket holder, it would make it hard for me to go to a game. Yeah. And there is speculation. I don't know how valid it is, but when you look at who his dad is, there may be a reason why Matt Sims is still playing. Wait, who's his dad? Phil Sims. Who's that? The former like Hall of Fame quarterback and NFL broadcaster. Don't care. Put in the guy that's going to win you the game. That's what it comes down to. All right, shall we move on? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the Express game. Finally, finally, finally. Okay, so you don't want to cover the fleet and the commanders? Oh, shoot. That one, too. <laughs> this was the biggest shock of oh, the week. Oh, my God. Okay, so we watched this game. Missed the first quarter, I think. I don't know what was happening. We watched this, right? I think we rewatched it. We had to watch two different streams because the first one we found didn't have the first quarter. So we might have missed that or not. I can't remember. Okay, so I don't think we watched the first quarter and we took a nap during the third quarter. Woke up. And the fleet had like come way out on top, which is shocking. Yeah. So the commanders, unsurprisingly, started off with a, a scoring drive. So it was eight nothing. And then the fleet, I think it was the first play, but it was definitely in the first drive. I think it was the first play through an interception. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, it was just. From the second quarter on, it was fleet all day. Yeah. And I had speculated, this was my pick, my upset pick for the week, because I speculated that Mike Mars has such a complex offense that, and a lot of people were talking about this, that it would take time for it to start to gel. And I thought, you know, maybe this is the week that happens. They're at home against their biggest rival with a ship on their shoulder. With a ship on their shoulder? Did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yes. <laughs> Jaquan Gardner rushed for 122 yards. He was a beast. Yes. 122 yards. Damn. Insane. And the the commander scored, you know, eight points in the first quarter. And then the entire game, they only scored another three. Wow. That's insane. They got stifled by the fleet defense. I'm so excited to see that. Uh, yeah. Like we've said before, in the Western Conference, the fleet is my pick. So yeah. for them to do well and come back and stomp. The commanders, did you hear the bet between, well, not the bet, but like the challenge that the fleet put out there with the command post? I don't think so. It was that they would have to, whoever, like whichever team lost that week, that team's podcast is going to have to go on the other ones and do like their intro. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. I wonder if the command post, one, heard it and two, if they did it. Ooh. We'll have to see. Yes. So what was the final score of that game? Did you say it already? It was 31 to 11. Oh. Oh my God, look at you go, Flea. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, good job. Don't do it again. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're going to have to stomp the fleet. Stop the yeah. fleet. We got to sink the fleet. Sink the fleet. Sink the fleet. Let's do it. Hashtag sink the fleet. So we'll get into that a little bit when you do the preview for this week. But that is the other games. Now let's get into the express game. Let's do it. Okay. So first quarter, second quarter. God uh, damn it. I was mad in the first quarter. Okay. So here's the deal. Again, I was out of town this weekend watching the game at my sister's house. Missed the first quarter entirely. I caught the second, like I caught the end of the second quarter. Dan 
was saying that the first quarter was really exciting. He he was excited about the first half. Then we rewatched it together. When did I say that? Uh, at some point. I don't think so. All right. Anyway, I feel like I heard that from you. <laughs> He's shaking no. his head no. <laughs> anyway, I was really excited. Maybe I heard it somewhere else. Not the point. We rewatched it, and the first quarter was pure crap. Yeah. Just obviously offense, same as the previous two weeks, not making anything happen. Hackenberg sucking, sticking with the run game, short passes. That's not true. He did throw along a deep pass. Yeah, his first pass of the game was a deep pass. I mean, it was picked off, but it was deep. And then he also had one deep, I think it was to Lucian, that was not a smart throw. It was tightly covered, but he made the pass. And there was another like deep pass to Dante's bird that was caught. Okay, so they did change it up in that regard. But the thing that was surprising to me that really pissed me off was where was defense? That first quarter, they were sucking it up and they're supposed to be our shining star. Yeah. Yeah, defense quarter one. The Apollos ran all over us. It was disheartening. But they did tighten it up for the next two quarters. And like, it was a defense that we know and love. Right. They 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 did get better. And then once again, fourth quarter, worn down, tired. I mean, they don't have that excuse anymore, like you were saying. Right. We When we were watching the game yesterday, whenever it was, I was saying that they can't blame being tired in the fourth quarter like they could the first two weeks because they were, I mean, it was pretty evenly balanced. Yeah, the offense was clicking. So it's like you can't put that on them. Plus, and yeah, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the offense does. And this is from Singletary. Like the defense needs to do their part, regardless of how long they're on the field or not. Like they need to play. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like it doesn't matter what offense does in general. I'm like, oh, it oh, kind of no, no, matters. No. <laughs> no, but like for the defense, like essentially you can't blame the offense playing poorly for the defense playing poorly. Gotcha. And so Singletary isn't taking any excuses. He's not giving them any slack. And I imagine that there's probably a lot of cardio and <laughs> running going on with the defense. Conditioning. Yeah, conditioning is going to be a big issue for them going into week four, trying to fix that fourth quarter slump. Okay, but speaking of Singletary, uh, can we just mention how Spurrier called him the bear? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, you can't do that against the bear. And when he said that, I was like, who is the bear? Mike Singletary. It's Singletary. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Okay, so another defense thing I want to talk about. What was that illegal defense call? I was really, I don't think it was right. I don't know the rules as well as you do. Okay, so essentially, you can't blitz more than five guys, and they have to be within five yards. So they can't be further than five yards away from the line of scrimmage or two yards outside the tackles. Okay, so there were four guys on the line. There was a fifth guy. What? What's his position? Cornerback. Okay, he was... Three yards, four yards max from the line of scrimmage. I was, I would put him at like four and a half yards. I, I, it's at, at, to me, like he was right at that limit. But he was within the five yards. Yes. So when the the ball snapped, Garrett Gilbert dropped back like ten yards, and so when the corner came to like tackle him, it looked like he ran from much farther than I think he actually did. And so whenever he was tackled, Garrett Gilbert was looking around like, "Where's the flag? Where's the flag?" That was illegal defense. Uh, and then he got the they got the the flag and the call. Yeah, I everything looked legit. The only thing that I will say that might have gotten called, unless they just miscounted or like misjudged how far away from the line of scrimmage, and then it was just a BS call, was that he was acting like he was going into coverage and not like looking like he might blitz. But didn't you say that that wasn't true? Like you kind of thought that at first, but then it didn't look like that. 
Well, I remember back in week one, Birmingham had a brilliant blitz. They The guy turned like he was going to drop into coverage and then blitzed. But pre-snap, he was looking straight at the line of scrimmage. So if that's what it is, whereas like Charles James was the one who had this issue with the Express, he was like looking around like he didn't know what he was doing. And then at the snap, he then blitzed. turned to blitz. Gotcha. So that would be my guess because he was definitely within five yards, definitely within two from the outside. Yeah. So either the officials blew the call because they thought he was too far deep or the broadcasters didn't understand the full rule and realized that maybe it was him kind of looking around, acting confused. That was against the rules. Gotcha. And the point is, like, they want the defense to be more apparent with the blitz just because the O-lines are struggling so much. Mm -hmm. So that could definitely be an issue. But regardless of how much the defense struggled in the first quarter, we still went into the second half nine to zero. They only scored nine. Steve Spurrier's high-powered, high-flying offense only scored nine points in the first half. That they got in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second quarter, our defense stepped up. Offense still obviously was not clicking, which was infuriating. And Hackenberg had that really bad interception. Like during the actual like play, it looked awful. It looked like he threw it straight to the defender on replay from a different angle. You could see what he was trying to do. Right. And he just didn't see that guy because it was a perfect pass to Horn. Right. When, just, if that guy wasn't there. Right. There just so happened to be a defender in his way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that plus just a lackluster showing from Hackenberg was enough to tell the coaches it's time to move on. So, dun, 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 bringing in our shining star of the week, Zach Metten Bacon Cheeseburger. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. So, Dan, you were at the watch party. Yes. I got to ask you. The place exploded. Did it? People were so excited. Okay. So, like I said, I caught like the last little bit of the second quarter. And then when I looked up after the half and it was Metten Bacon Cheeseburger, I was like, wait, what? What? Did I miss something? So, I was like so shocked and so excited. Like, I couldn't described to my mom and my sister how excited I was that he was playing. So when Met and Bacon Cheeseburger came out on the field, what do you think the Apollo's defense thought? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, because they kind of knew what to expect. Luckily, play calling was changed up a little bit. But with a whole new quarterback, like that throws in a lot of question marks. Yeah, it was exciting and showed that he should have been starting. I, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of like too much slack. I understand that maybe, you know, quarterbacks take time and they saw some of the Hackenberg and maybe they just felt like pulling them too soon would not. Maybe, maybe there's something there that just needed to click or the flip side. Maybe the quarterback coach just has too big of an ego. And that's something we speculated in the last episode of the layover or something I was speculating with David and Isaac is that David Lee has an ego and he wanted to be the guy to, quote unquote, fix Hackenberg. I don't care. I honestly don't care. I'm mad at the coaching staff for doing that to us for so long because obviously Met and Bacon Cheeseburger, not perfect. There were a couple of things that he should have, he needs improvement on, but seeing how successful the second half was and that we were so close to making a comeback, it was just like, it really just honestly pissed me off that Hackenberg was given two and a half games. Yeah. I could see the first two games, but like this game, they should have started Zach from the very beginning. Absolutely. I mean, not only that, but like there is a momentum shift. Yeah. There was a morale boost. There was like excitement building because it was finally his turn. Like I was just, it, it so much turned around once he stepped up on the field. 
Yeah, we didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but from the few glimpses that we saw, it seemed like his demeanor on the sideline was very encouraging and very excited. Not what we've seen from Hackenberg the past two and a half weeks. Well, we saw a salty little eye roll from him on the sidelines. Yeah. And he was standing there the whole second half with his helmet on like he was going to get a chance to go back and sit down, take your helmet off and watch. Take some notes. Yeah. Stop being a little. All right. Can you tell how I feel about Hackenberg? I didn't feel this way at the beginning of the season. I really didn't. But because of his the way he acted, especially during week two. Yeah, it was more than anything. It was his attitude in week two that I felt he should have been pulled. Well, and you said in this week with Met and Bacon Cheeseburger, something happened, but he went up to the guy like, was it the guy, the center? So there was there was one drive in the second half where like the first play was a false start. Well, I, don't, I say play, but like they lined up false start. And so they got backed up five yards. And then the next play was a nice pass to Dante's bird, but he got his hands up in the face mask, pulled the guy's helmet off. Whatever reason, I don't know exactly what it happened, but he got a 15-yard personal foul penalty. So I backed him up even more. And then there's another false start. Oh, my God. Watching his back was really hard to see all yeah. of those penalties. Not the point. Go ahead. And then like you could hear Menberger like, what's going on? And then you could see him a little bit later. Like he's going up to linemen. I think it was one of them that got the penalty and just like put his hand on him, just kind of like in an encouraging way. Yeah. So, it, and it wasn't even like he was mad at anyone. He was like, what is going on? It was just like he was at a loss. You could tell there's frustration, but it's still like. He wasn't lashing out yeah. and being petulant. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping they show more of him on the sideline and hear more of his mic just to see what kind of demeanor he has. But so far, I think it's a lot better. Speaking of Mike. Oh, yeah. Hackenberg chose not to be mic'd. Probably a smart move. <laughs> Definitely a smart move. But I wish that we could have heard more from Met and Bacon Cheeseburger. I would yes. have loved to have hear him mic'd and just hear more from him. Yeah. So after this week, starting lineup was changed, right? For week four? Yes. So actually, we should go into a little bit because it was a quite a big change up going into week three. Okay. So Fabian Guerra, who's been my my guy all year, well, at least I expected more from him. He was inactive. I can't remember who, like all the changes, but Devin Lucian has been inactive first two weeks. Uh -huh. He was active this game. Uh -huh. Gerard Shepard was in training camp, didn't make the final roster, was signed in place of DeMaurier Stringfellow. Okay. This was his first start. Okay. And then Dantes Bird has been inactive and got playtime this game. Gotcha. All three of those guys had big plays. Yeah, for sure. Devin Lucian scored the first touchdown. Yep. From Men Bacon Cheeseburger. Gerard Shepard caught the second touchdown pass. Mm -hmm. Both of them deep passes, I should tell you. Dantes Berg caught the big pass from Hackenberg mm -hmm. in the first half and then would have had a touchdown in the second half had it not been for a blatant pass interference where the guy pretty much tackled him way before the ball got there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante's bird is fast, had him beat, and would have caught the ball for a touchdown, but the guy... That was the 46-yard penalty, Pass interference, right? yeah. Oh, my God. I was so happy <laughs> when that happened. Again, I couldn't explain this to my mom and my sister, like, why? So I was like, spot of the foul, spot of the foul, yeah! <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah. So those are three guys that haven't played week one and two that made a major impact week three. All right, so... Moral of the story, week three. I'm happy because I saw changes. Changes in the roster, changes in the play calling, changes in the fact that there were deep passes, 
Now, I was unhappy with the changes in defense <laughs> because that wasn't supposed to go anywhere. And I was unhappy with the penalties. But changes. Oh, one last thing for my notes. Yeah. The jet sweep actually worked. One time, I think. You want to know why, though? Tell me. Because of the changes. Because the offense changed it up. It wasn't nearly as predictable as it was the past few weeks. Yeah, they can no longer stack the box because they had to account for the deep pass. So some of the shorter plays actually worked, including Beatty the Badass. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Yes. Monster game from him. But that is something I want to touch on. We thought that David Lee was the play caller this entire time. Yeah. Turns out, and I asked the team about it this past Monday because the announcer had mentioned Bobby Blizzard being the play caller. So it turns out after week one, they made a switch and Blizzard has been calling the plays for week two and three. Really? I think in week two, he was still kind of going out the same formula, not want to change it up too much first game, trying to ease into it. Or maybe they knew what they had in hack and they didn't trust him to kind of open it up. But week three, we definitely saw a completely different style of play calling. Absolutely. I was really happy with this style. Still has some of the same core traits run game jet sweeps yeah because you can't just give up a run game absolutely you can't go from just a run offense to a completely throwing deep balls every single time yeah especially when you got somebody like zach stacy you don't want to get away from the run too much but we still saw some of the staples that we saw in the first couple of weeks you know screenplays jet sweep short passes behind the line and kind of close to the line but they also opened it up deep and that's where we scored the two touchdowns were on these deep bombs to the end zone. Yep. So I'm excited to see what we can do week four. Open up even more with Menberger starting from the very beginning. I'm really looking forward to this week. It's my first home game, but I'm also like really looking forward to the crowd excitement over Menberger. I think that's going to be there. I, I mean, I just think hopefully that's going to liven up things even more. Absolutely. One more thing before we move on. Yeah. When we were watching the Memphis game, the replay yesterday. Okay. We were watching a YouTube video version of it. Yeah. And you were asking me, because again, like we're pressed for time here. They was like, do you want to watch the halftime show? And I was like, uh, no, I live with the halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to watch that for when I live with you? <laughs> yep. Okay. So before we get into the week four preview, I do want to go over a quick recap of some of the roster moves that happened this week. Okay. So... So they released our kicker, Josh Jasper. Okay, I'm fine with it. He missed two. Yep. The punter, Brad Wing. Don't care. Okay. Why? You don't care. I mean, is that a big deal? He was a special teams player week two of the week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Don't know exactly why that one, because he seemed to be doing pretty well. He did have like a bad punt this past week, and apparently like he's not handling the the snaps very well. So maybe that has something to do with it. Hmm, juicy. Um, they released quarterback Kevin Burke. But he was just a replacement because I'm sitting here with my eyes. My eye, <laughs> I'm like, what? Who? Quarterback? What? I never heard this guy's name before ever. Well, Menberger was sick and Silvers has been injured and they brought him in just because they needed a second quarterback during practice. And since Silvers was still injured, they brought him in to be the third quarterback. OK, so I asked Dan why Silvers was injured. <laughs> <laughs> First, he said it was week one. It was a flank issue. And then week two it was abdominal. And he's like, he's got to be pregnant. <laughs> So Silvers is still injured with the abdomen injury. Uh-huh. So if he's not able to play, I would imagine they're going to re-sign Kevin Burke for the game just to have that designated third QB. And linebacker 
Benetton Fanua, and defensive back Mohamed Cisse. Okay. And then to replace them, we signed kicker Austin McGinnis, punter Ryan Winslow, linebacker Freddie Bishop, and defensive end Garrett Hughes. Do these names mean anything to you? Just the kicker. He seemed he looked really good. Like his stats are amazing. So I'm excited that we have somebody that hopefully can make those key kicks that we need. All right. And then defensive end Gary Hughes, him personally doesn't, you know, isn't significant to me in any that I can think of. However, our defensive tackle Julius Wormsley is on the injury report. And Anthony Johnson has been dealing with injuries the past couple of weeks. He's our defensive end. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that they're not 100% sure on those two guys playing and that they need kind of an insurance policy on the end. Gotcha. So week four, we're playing the San Diego Fleet at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, a thought just occurred to me, and I was writing it down in my notes to ask you. Go ahead. Um, there's something I've noticed that's a bit confusing, and I think it's going to be particularly confusing this week. What is that? Tarpley and Tarpley. There's two Tarpleys. <laughs> we have a Tarpley and the fleet has a Tarpley. Who is who? We have Arnold Tarpley the second. Okay. He's our free safety. Okay. The fleet, I think, is a linebacker. So they won't be on the field at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but we have two Tarpleys. So just be aware going into this. The two Tarpleys. Yes. Shall we get into this? Finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what I think, because mine is going to be a much more simple version than yours. Okay. So I think that the fleet are going to come in dominant, but I'm hoping that our offense is going to be clicking more. I think we have a chance. We are seeing momentum and I feel like we're, we're getting better every week. So maybe this is the week it all comes together and we win. That is my prediction. Okay. Just because I think, you know, there's obviously some bias there. Hit us with the details. Okay. That's kind of what we expected from the Apollos, that they're going to be scoring a lot of points and lighting it up. Our defense stuffed them. Our defense also stuffed the hot shots for the first half and really the first three quarters. Our defense stifled the iron for three quarters. I don't think we're going to see the 31 points that we saw them put up against the commanders. Yeah, for sure. Because we have, I would say, the number two defense behind the iron. Okay. I think we're going to stifle them. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I think we're going to frustrate them. And if our offense continues the trajectory that we saw in the second half last week, I think we have a strong chance of winning. If our defense can stay strong all four quarters, I think the game is in the bag. I think that's the key. I think it's going to come back to our defense. I think offense is coming together, and we just got to let that click. I think defense has got to get back to where they were. I think they can't fall apart in the fourth quarter, which we've seen we've seen every single week. They've got to keep it together. And we still have not seen an improvement on tackling. There were how many? I mean, you were taking a note during this week three, week three game, how many missed tackles there were. Two, I think, two plays uh, resulted in touchdowns. I know there was the quarterback who just kept like breaking tackles and he's a quarterback. And then like their running back was just like running through our guys. And the fleet have Jaquan Gardner, which is one of the best, if not the best running back in the AAF. And if we can't keep him under control. That's going to be trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, the key is going to be getting our run defense the way we saw in the first two weeks and not starting off with holes like we did. Yeah, absolutely. And keeping Jaquan Gardner under control and making the quarterback have to make those passes. Our cornerbacks are going to step up and they did a really good job against the Apollos. 
and just getting our pass rush. So if we can stifle the run game like we've been doing, force the quarterback to put the game on his shoulders, make them pass the ball, that is going to expose them to our pass rush. But Nelson has a good arm. He does. So that makes me nervous too. So it's just going to be like our safeties are going to have to have better awareness because one of the touchdowns was on a a broken play quarterback scrambled to the outside and they lost one of the receivers and he was wide open in the end zone. Yeah. So it's just going to be better, better discipline from our safeties to be on the lookout for that and just being able to cover our guys, other guys deep. We're kind of weak over the middle with like short passing routes. So just kind of tighten that up a little bit and just essentially make the quarterback hesitate, hold on to the ball and let Anthony Johnson come in and destroy him. Let me sum- summarize this for you. Got to protect against the deep ball. Got to protect the middle of the field. Got to inc- got to improve our run game or run defense. So did I miss anything? <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, guys. That's pretty much like our defense has to be there. <laughs> and better. It's pretty much like every every situation. <laughs> I know. I was listening to you do a, a rundown. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, so everything. Okay. So I will. Let me just. I'll, I'll simplify it. Stopping the run exposes them to our pass rushes. Okay. And I think that's the key. All right. Offense? Offense. Keep doing what they're doing. We got Beatty and Stacy. Feed them the ball because then we can wear down their defense and open up the secondary to Menberger's arm. Yep. Because that was on full display. We know he can launch it deep. Yep. Uh, the receiver's got to catch. Yep. But... We d- I don't we didn't see as much of a problem with that in week three that we did in week one and two. Yeah, I didn't notice. I don't know if they did drills or maybe they're just something about the way Hackenberg throws a ball that's harder to catch. He sucks. Maybe. But anyway, <laughs> it seemed like less of an issue. So it's really lean on that run game to open up the passing game. And keep changing up the play calling like you did this week. Yeah. I'm expecting more and more from Bobby Blizzard. So I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Right. I think this is going to be the game of the week. What sucks is that NFL Network doesn't feel the same way because I think... That's kind of the speculation is that they wanted to air the Apollos game because it's like the bigger team. Yeah. All right. So as for the rest of the league, what are the other week four matchups we're looking at? Okay. So let's start with the fleet and the express. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the fleet get their first win. The fleet? Shit. So the first game is... (laughs) Keep it in. Keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. No, the express. The express are going to get their first win. I was like, okay, the the fleet win, sure. I mean, I could I could see that happening, but it's not their first win. Yeah. The Apollos and Stallions, I think this is going to be tough to predict because the Stallions were really clicking last week. Yeah. And the Apollos were exposed by our defense. Who's, who's the home team? The Stallions? The Stallions. Mm, that, that makes me think that the Stallions could win this one. And the Apollos are practicing down in the South and it's cold up in Utah. Didn't you say that... I think you told me that the NFL Network is wanting to air or they are airing the Apollos game. Yeah. I mean, that one could be the game of the week, too. I know you were saying the Express game could be, but that could be as well because the Apollos are obviously on a winning. They're 3-0. and Yeah. So if they get their first upset from the Giants, like that, that would be really an awesome game to watch. Yeah. Then we got... Uh, so what's your prediction? <sighs> it's hard. It's really hard. I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go with the Apollos. I think that the Stallions aren't quite there yet. I think they have a chance to win. But I don't think they beat the Apollos. I'm just going to brazenly, ignorantly, because I haven't watched any Stallions games, and I'm going to go with the Stallions. All right. Commanders and Iron. Oh. In Birmingham, though. That's another tough one. Yeah. These are good matchups. These yeah. are really great matchups. Okay. Iron and Commanders, and it's at Birmingham. Yeah. 
If you'd asked me a week ago, hands down, I would have said the Commanders. But after they had a dismal performance against the fleet last week. And the Iron, you said, is the number one defense. Yeah. Okay, so Iron? I wanted to say Iron. I I hate to say that because... Because they're mean? Yeah, I, except for a few people. I can't stay in their fan base. I feel like the Commander's defense and Iron offense are equally dismal. Uh-huh. Or equally low performing. Okay. But I think that the Iron defense is much stronger than the commander's offense. Okay. So I think the Iron are going to pull it out. All right. Atlanta Legends and Arizona Hotshots. Hotshots. Yeah. <laughs> it's in Arizona. And the home team advantage is like legitimate in the AAF. And I I don't see the Legends doing anything differently. Yeah. Unless they decide to play Murray, which they I feel like they've already announced that Sims is going to be the starting quarterback again. So unless they make a change there, they don't have a shot. Yeah. Really funny. I mean... I was just thinking about the tweet that you put up this week about the legends. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not following Memphis AAF on Twitter, you are missing out on some quality tweets. And speaking of Twitter, please check out the AAF delivery guy. Uh, that is his handle at AAF delivery guy. You can hear his predictions, which are spot on with dance. Yep. So he can't be on the show this week because he is traveling. He's going on a mission trip until Tuesday. So he's going to be pretty busy. But his predictions are just like mine. Express, Apollo, Iron, and hot shots. And he was two for four last week. So hopefully he does a little bit better this week. <laughs> at least when it comes to Memphis. For for both your sakes. Yes. I'm glad going one and four if Memphis wins. Yeah. True that. Anything else this week? I think that's everything this week. All right. Well, thank you so much for flying Express and Goal. So looking forward to my first home game this week. We'll be playing the fleet. We will see you guys in the hub 3 p.m. Saturday. Let's go. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Memphis AAF, Instagram at Memphis AAF pod, Facebook.com slash express and goal spelled out. If you want to support the show, you can go to Memphis AAF.com slash Patreon. And if you want to get some sweet ass merch, Memphis AAF.com slash merch. Hell yeah. Very Football!